We'll be in Isaiah 33 tonight. In the days of Isaiah, the kingdom of Judah was facing perilous times. Uh, No question about that. And uh, the Assyrian army was advancing from the north, um, taking kingdom after a kingdom. Of course, we know that uh, the northern kingdom of Israel was taken captive uh, before the the southern kingdom. uh, But as the Assyrians were drawing closer and closer to Jerusalem, the people were undecided what they were going to do. And uh, some advocated that they give themselves up. Hey, let's just fall into the hands of these Assyrians and, and just accept that. Others looked to the south, believing that an alliance with other nations, uh, even Egypt, would, be, uh, would save them. Uh, but God sent Isaiah to warn the people to do neither. And uh, the key to their salvation was the trust in the Lord, not men. And uh, <clears throat> the Word of God can provide the stability that we need today. Uh, just like it did, it could for them. And so Isaiah chapter 33, we're just going to read two verses and really focus on just one verse. But if you would stand with me in honor of reading the Word of God, we're just going to read verses 5 and 6 in Isaiah 33. The, the Word of God says this, The Lord is exalted, for He dwelleth on high. He hath filled Zion with judgment and righteousness. In verse 6, And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times. And strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. Heavenly Father, tonight we do thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to fellowship with your people, Lord, and to have a good time as we gather around, uh, Lord, the family of God. And, but now as we turn our attention to your word, Lord, we pray that you would speak to hearts. Uh, Lord, certainly it has nothing to do with the messenger. But Father, we want to hear from you tonight. And so we pray that your word would go forth with power and then have free course in our lives. And that you would just encourage and strengthen us in these troublesome times. We'll give you the thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Bible here speaks of wisdom and knowledge as the stability of thy times. Uh, To the people here, of course, uh, is the wisdom and knowledge of the Lord uh, that that is spoken of here. And I understand that we're removed from Isaiah by thousands of years. Uh, We live in a different time today. Uh, But I would say this, the counsel given here is still true. We can apply it to our day. In troubled times, the Lord provides the stability of thy times. Uh, to illustrate this, I want to, or to say how true that this is for us even today, I want you to notice some unstable things in our society or in our day. I don't think you, you just turn on the news and you'll find it. Um, but I'll just mention a few things, and I, I, got, I printed out some things yesterday uh, as I was preparing for this. I'll share with you a little bit. Uh, but we face disturbing times in life. Do we not? I'll remind you of what Job says in Job 14.1. Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Uh, Trouble certainly abounds uh, in our day. We face many troubles in our day, uh, just as generations past have. Uh, It's no different, really. There's sickness. uh, There's cancer, heart disease, death. Uh, I encourage you to come Wednesday night. Uh, Pray for the people of the church that have needs. Uh, But if we look at our prayer list and as we hear people asking and uh, prayer requests on on Wednesdays or even at any other time when we do that, you'll see that people are going through it. I think cancer is everywhere. I think I have cancer. I just don't know it yet. Uh, And I say that kind of jokingly, but it's the truth. You know, um, 
but it's just, there's always trouble. There's natural disasters. There's floods and earthquakes and, and fires. It's probably more common out here in the West than, than some of those other things. We don't deal with hurricanes so much. Even though we get some winds that make you feel like you're in a hurricane. Cindy and I went through, well, the boys did too. In Japan, we went through a couple hurricanes, and I think the winds here are worse. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. So, uh, at least there you live in concrete houses that are built for that stuff. And, uh, but listen, it's there, and there's wars. I mean, look at the world today. And, I, and listen, we could talk about Israel, Hamas, and, and Ukraine, Russia, and all that, but there's other hot spots throughout the globe that oftentimes take no, they don't get any notice in the, in the news. But there's a lot going on in our world. And, and in our modern day, guess what? We have the threat of mutually assured destruction. <laughs> Nuclear war. And uh, that's not a comfort, really. Uh, well, if they shoot, I'll shoot, and we're all dead. Well, okay. Anyway, I won't get into any politics behind all that. But what about the ec- economic deal- difficulties? I'm sure all of you are feeling inflation. I know in our home, in our budget at the DeGarmo house, I, I, can, I notice it. Um, I have three men. <laughs> and where's Colin? Is he in here? Despite his sleek physique, <laughs> that young man can throw it down. I'm not kidding. I don't know where it goes. And uh, he's got like 6% body fat. And uh, I told him, be careful. Dad used to be skinny too. So, but listen, well, I can feel it in the grocery budget. I can, right? And well, there's threat of recession now, right? Everybody's talking about the economy. It's, it's going to, you know, the troublesome times. Perhaps some people are dealing with unemployment or maybe the, the concern of, of unemployment. Uh, there's violence in the streets. I don't know if America, I know there, at other times there's been unrest in America, and I think uh, some of the protesting, some of the stuff we experienced recently was really not, any worse than the civil rights time frame in America. And, but listen, I think our streets are getting more and more violent. There's no question about that. Uh, road rage. Uh, you know, I want to I w- I go buy a dump truck and put a giant plow on it and just ram through traffic. <laughs> These roads are tough out here. And people in South Dakota do not know how to merge on Interstate 90. It's an acceleration lane. (laughs) That'll preach. (laughs) Listen, we hear about drive-by shootings and and all kinds of stuff all the time. We live in troublesome times. And I I printed this out yesterday. This is uh, what our politicians think are the concerns of America. Um, Partisan differences in assessments of many national problems. But both Republicans and Democrats see, the, Democrats see the ability of the parties to work together as a problem. So that's one thing they can all agree on, even though they don't agree on the rest of this necessarily, but they can agree that they can't work together. <laughs> well, you've identified the problem. Why don't you do it anyway? So number one here is inflation, something that our elected officials feel like is a problem in our country today. The affordability of health care. Infl- by the way, if there's, there's percentages here. The overall percentage for inflation is 65, but that's an average or between Democrats. think it's they're 52% are concerned, 77, 52% are not, or only 52% of Democrats are concerned. Whew, hello. 
But 77% of Republicans are concerned, so there's less concern if you're blue, I guess. Um, the affordability of health care, more Democrats are concerned about that than Republicans. The, the, here's the one, ability of Democrats and Republicans to work together, 62 and 63%, so that's one thing that they actually kind of agree on. Uh, but drug addiction, only 56% of Democrats say that's a concern, 64 of Republicans. Gun violence, Democrats are highly concerned, 81% of them think it's a problem, 38%. In, I can't preach all the way through this, but listen, it, guns are not the problem. Right. Violent crime is not the problem. They're salvation. They need Christ as a problem. But anyway, violent crime, 54, or 52% of Democrats, 64% of Republicans. The federal budget deficit, I don't know how that can't be concerning to everybody, but only 39% of Democrats think it's a deal. And 72% of Republicans. So... Uh, it just blows my mind. We couldn't run our homes like that. No. It's not sustainable. But anyway, sorry, I can't preach through this whole thing. Uh, the state of moral values. 69% of Republicans say they're worried about that. Only 39% of Democrats. And you can see, you guys watch the news, I, I think, and you can see how that is playing true in our nation. Illegal immigration. Only 25% of Democrats are concerned. 70% of Republicans. The quality of public schools, 43% of Democrats, 51% of Republicans. Here's a good one, climate change. 64% of Democrats say, we got to be worried about that, only 14% of the Republicans. <laughs> Racism, 14% of Republicans are concerned, 55% of Democrats. Here's one that I can get behind, condition of roads, bridges, and other infrastructure. <laughs> I hate driving on this Lindbergh Drive. I think I need new shocks because of that road. But 37% of Democrats are concerned about it. 29% of Republicans. They all ought to be a little more concerned about that as far as I'm concerned. Domestic terrorism, 25 and 41%. Uh, Democrats are more concerned about domestic terrorism. Uh, but international terrorism, 23% and 36%. Republicans are more concerned there. And unemployment, 23% even. They're equally concerned. But listen, did you know that there's some things we can be concerned about? This was just an example, kind of to get your attention tonight. But uh, we live in perilous times. We live in trouble sometimes. And I'm talking as a nation, there's some things that our leaders think that they're worried about. And that doesn't include our personal concerns in our homes and our families, our personal budgets, our personal circumstances, the difficulties that we have with family relationships at times, right? Oh, okay, everybody's husbands and wives are 100% on the same page all the time here. I guess it's just Cindy that's off track occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, but life can be challenging. We can have troubles. And it can affect us. For some, there's anxiety and fear. You look at the condition of America and you look at what is going on in the world and it just causes you to, uh, to be anxious and fearful. Others react with depression. I found something that said that our age has been called the age of anxiety and the age of neurosis. Boy, how far have we come from the greatest generation? Anyway, but 
but here's uh, something else I, I found. This is based off of this most recent census. And uh, there was a, a research organization that pulled this information out of that. I don't fill out the census thing, so I don't, I guess these questions might be on there. I don't know. But this is the share of adults reporting symptoms of anxiety and or depressive disorder. This is as of February of this year. <clears throat> so it's a little dated, but it is still current to this year. 32.3% of all adults in America have reported some symptoms of anxiety or depression. But here's one that I found interesting. The age group of 18 to 24. So uh, the younger adults. 49.9% uh, report that they got some anxiety or some depressive disorder or something. 25 to 49 says 38%. 50 to 64, 29%. And then 65 plus, 20.1%. And so apparently as the older you get, you either lose your mind and just don't care. <laughs> or you understand, hey, it's really not as bad as you're making it out to be. Um, listen, what am I saying? If we're not careful, uh, these things affect the Christians too. We can look around the circumstances in our country uh, in our state, in our city, and in our nation, and, and right here in our homes, and we can get depressed or anxious about things. Uh, at a minimum, sometimes we just begin to murmur and complain about it. Uh, we we kind of lose our joy. Uh, maybe that's probably one of the things that happens the most is we just live in a state of joylessness. And uh, even God's people can allow these circumstances to rob us of that. And so tonight, I just want to encourage you that that doesn't have to be the case. And now listen, we have a God that, uh, boy, we're on the winning side. And so I hope to encourage you tonight. But <clears throat> the stability provided by the Lord comes through wisdom and knowledge. In Isaiah 36, or 33, 6, the first part of that says, Wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times. Let me share with what Matthew Henry says about this. It says, The salvation that God ordains for his people has strength in it. It is a horn of salvation. And here are the ways and means for obtaining this end. Wisdom and knowledge. Not only piety, but prudence. That is, it which, by the blessing of God, will be the stability of our times and the strength of salvation. That wisdom which is first pure, then peaceable, and which sacrifices private interest to public good. Such prudence as this will establish truth and peace and fortify the bulwarks in defense of them. Listen, such wisdom and knowledge can help us face life. Uh, life can be hard. Uh, I always say life is not always sunshine and butterflies. Uh, so we need wisdom. Uh, listen, wisdom can help us face this life. If you would turn with me to Proverbs chapter 2. <clears throat> we'll read uh, somewhat of a lengthy portion of Scripture here, but by God's wisdom... It can guide and protect one from the pitfalls of life. As we go about this life, there's a lot of pitfalls that we are prone to, to fall in. But if you would turn your attention to verse 6, we'll read down through the end of the chapter and see what the Lord says about wisdom here. It says, For the Lord giveth wisdom, and out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth a path of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. 
When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh froward things, who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice to do evil and delight in the frowardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and they <clears throat> froward in their paths, to deliver thee from the strange woman, even uh, from the stranger with flatterth with her words, which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God. For her house inclineth unto death and her paths unto the dead. None that go unto her return again, neither take they, be, excuse me, neither take they hold of the paths of life that thou mayest walk in the way of good men. Keep the paths of the righteous. For the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and transgressors shall be rooted out of it. Listen, wisdom can help us to avoid some of the difficulties in this life. Keep us on the right track. Uh, Providing uh, comfort and confidence in perilous times. Wisdom will do that for us. Look over in the next chapter, Proverbs chapter 3. And we'll look at verses 21 through 26. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Boy, that's a blessing there. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither be of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken away. Well, we can have confidence in God and His Word and in the wisdom that He gives. And, you know, God freely gives this to them that will ask. We all are familiar with James 1. Boy, if you lack that stuff, ask. He's not going to upbraid you. He's going to hand that stuff out liberally. Man, what a good God. Listen, we, we need stability in this world. And that stability comes from the Lord. And that doesn't mean we won't go through tribulations, we won't go through trials, we won't go through difficult circumstances, but we can be stabilized by God's Word and the the wisdom and knowledge of our God. What a blessing. And look at the next part of Isaiah, or excuse me, yeah, Isaiah 33, 6. And strength of salvation, the salvation of the Lord can help us face death. What more to say? Goodness. If we know the Lord will save us in eternity, we can better face the adverse circumstances of this life, can we not? I know you've all heard it. What's the worst they can do? Send me to heaven? Certainly that is a difficult thing, and, and there's more involved in that. It's not quite that simple. But, but listen, really, at the end of the day, that is, that is true. Uh, to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. And, and so, listen, if you understand that you're secure in Christ, boy... It really makes the things that are going on in this world a lot less troubling. Boy, we're on the winning side of this thing. And so, consider Paul's example, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house made not with hands, eternal in the heavens. Man, don't invest too much into this world. Don't get too concerned about what's going on. Trust God. He's got this thing figured out. He's prepared for eternity. If you know Christ is your Savior, you're prepared. But look down uh, a few verses. In Well, I didn't tell you to turn there. We're in 2 Corinthians 5.1. But if you look down verses 5 through 8, it says this. Now he that wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, 
who also hath given uh, unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. For we were confident, I say, and willing rather to be, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Boy, uh, our salvation is secure in Christ. Listen, we don't have to worry about eternity. We don't have to worry about those things that trouble us on this side of heaven. And look how this affected the Apostle Paul's attitude. And if, if you go back one chapter in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, it says this, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are not seen are temporal, but the things which are, excuse me, but the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Boy, don't get so focused on the things that you can see. Uh, God help us. And if you would, turn to Romans chapter 8. This is a well-known passage of Scripture, but I want to remind you tonight that we don't have to worry. We have a God that we can trust. Uh, for those of you that are struggling to find this, Romans is after Acts. So, I can find Haggai, though. <laughs> brother Foley, you make it there, brother? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Romans 8, verse 31. I'm just going to read this. Uh, listen to what the Word of God says. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own Son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Boy, look at all those benefits we have in Christ. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us so. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, we're on the winning side. It doesn't matter what the politicians say. It doesn't matter what our coworkers are griping and whining about at work. None of that matters. It doesn't matter what the economy does. None of that's going to separate us from the love of our God. Amen. And listen, I just want to remind you tonight, we, we serve a, a good, faithful God that has promised to take care of His people. The wisdom, knowledge, and salvation found only in the Lord provides the stability we need for our times. Wisdom and knowledge providing stability to face life and understanding our salvation helps us face death. But there's a key to the wisdom, knowledge, and salvation from the Lord. Uh, back in Isaiah 33.6, <clears throat> we find this in the latter part of verse 6. It says, The fear of the Lord is His treasure. 
And I would say tonight, the key of, to this stability is the fear of the Lord. All that wisdom and knowledge and salvation all begins with fear. And uh, the scriptures teach us that fear of the Lord is essential uh, to having wisdom and knowledge. Proverbs 1.7 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise the wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 9.10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. And so we understand uh, fear is necessary uh, to be... Uh, to receive Christ and come to know God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Listen, it all begins with fear and understanding who God is and who we are as sinners uh, that, comes, uh, that brings us to salvation in Christ. <clears throat> Did you know fear is necessary for our spiritual growth? Well, if you didn't, Philippians 2.12 tells us that. Wherefore, my beloved... As ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but also, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Listen, fear will cause us to grow to be more like Christ. The fear of the Lord is necessary. By the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Proverbs sixteen six. Listen tonight, a reverence for God and His righteous judgments is an effective motivation to depart from evil. By departing from evil, we really turn to God. Uh, that's the basis of that, really. Proverbs fourteen twenty six: In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and His children shall have a place of refuge. Boy, when we turn to God, the fear of the Lord becomes a source of great blessing. And listen, our fear should be in the Lord, not in the circumstances that surround us. Boy, if we could just get into the Word of God and, and understand the wisdom and knowledge of our God, we could be stable in these troubling times. Uh, we need the fear of the Lord. We have such blessings as wisdom, knowledge, salvation, confidence, and refuge. Because of fear. this verse is amazing to me. Proverbs 14, 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Boy, in the fear of the Lord, all of these things really truly begin. Wisdom and knowledge, and, and we come to salvation through that. And so tonight, we're going to conclude a little bit early, I think. I don't know what time Pastor usually finishes. But the message for tonight is simple. Those who lack stability in troubled times often really are doing so just because they lack wisdom and knowledge. Or perhaps they lack salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And really, if, if those things are lacking, it's because they are lacking in their fear of the Lord. A proper fear of the Lord will prompt us to turn from evil and turn to God. Uh, I know that's why I turned to God when I got saved, when I understood where I was at. And that's where we can find knowledge and wisdom and salvation, which in turn will provide the stability that we need in these times. Listen, if you're struggling, if you've got trouble in your life and you just don't know what to do, uh, turn to the Lord. Uh, look to Him. And then we can rightly say, along with the writer of Hebrews, in verse 6, chapter 13, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what men shall do unto me. Boy, if you're on the Lord's side, you got nothing to fear. You can just trust in Him. And so tonight, I would like, or tonight, will you let the Lord provide you with stability? 
that you need for troubled times, will you look to him? Don't look to men. Don't look to our politicians. They're not even on the same page. But our God has got it in control. And he is faithful and we can trust him. So tonight I urge you, if you are troubled, look to the Lord. And I'll close with this poem I found by Annie Johnson Flint. God has not promised skies always blue, flower-strewn pathways all of our lives through. God has not promised sun without rain, joy without sorrow, peace without pain. But God has promised strength for the day, rest for the labor, light for the way. Yes, God has promised grace for the trials, help from above. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the stability that we can have in our times if we would just look to you. And I pray, Father, that if there's somebody here that's troubled tonight, Lord, that they would just turn to you. And Father, I pray that in your love and your grace that you would work in their life and help them to know that they're secure in Christ and that you have all things taken care of. Now, Father, we pray that you'd work in lives only as you can. In Jesus' name, amen.